Doing good. What session number is this for you guys? Three. Are you sessioned out yet? Enjoying it? I love this conference, man. Don't tell us if you are. It'll just discourage us. 80-some sessions, man. It's awesome just all the wisdom and what people are pouring out, what they have to say. Um, So by no means are we experts. Uh, We just want to encourage you with a few thoughts. And probably what we're going to try to do, it would really help us. We said this to the creative breakout. They didn't follow with it so much. If you could ask questions, that helps us. If you could give us some thoughts of what maybe you're looking to learn, we're going to kind of share with you some of the stuff we've done. Uh, but more than that, we really kind of want to speak to where you're at. So the more questions you ask, probably halfway we might stop in our kind of our talking and just ask questions and then end with questions again. So I want to open in prayer and then we'll get rolling. We'll just pray that God speaks to this. God, isn't it crazy that you can use film and media to speak to this generation? Uh, that God, the world uses it to promote their own propaganda, but God, we can use it to share Jesus and show him in just a, a, such a cool light. So God, I just pray over this session. Just pray that you would speak to every heart. I pray that you would spark ideas. You might right in this room spark the next film or the next uh, uh, ministry with it or the next media clip or whatever it is. It's, it could come alive with the people in this room and it could touch the world as we know it. So God, encourage us uh, to be a part of that in the midst of it. We give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The baby said amen too. Hey, so we'll, uh, we'll get going here into it. Now, when we travel uh, with our worship ministry, like we go by the name We Are One, our film ministry is called Island Images, E-Y-E, uh, the land of the eye. And I'll have Steve explain that a little bit. But we'll kind of talk about not only the practicality of... Sorry. We'll not only talk about the practicality of going after maybe different projects and how you go about it, um, but we might even tell you a little bit about some of our projects, see what you can learn from them too. We've done three different projects. Um, the first one, in our eyes, I don't want to call it a mistake. Um, it was an unplanned success. Let's call it what it is. Like everything with God is a success if it's for Jesus. Um, God just did with it what we didn't plan for it. The second one was intentionally in a film, and the third one was we split it up to be more like TV episodes. Everything we do, um, we aren't just like filmmakers. Uh, He writes and directs all of these. It's set up intentionally for our sermon series to impact the church. So it'll be like an eight-week series or whatever where we'll show 20 minutes or so each week that our pastor will preach with each week. And so as this has kind of developed we've started to see we have the knack to be able to produce films, but that's not originally how it, it really started. But as we kind of go into this, let's just set up the whole idea of the creativity of making films and all that. Yeah, I'll, I'll sort of start and preface with, if you're in the creative session, sorry, you're going to have to rehear it. Um, I really want to make sure we come from the right perspective when we talk about creativity. And we talk a lot about creating things, and I think it's really wise, biblically, to bring it back to the reality that we do not create things, that creation is reserved for God and God alone. We are simply stewards of things that God has given us. So when we, when we talk about creation or creativity, I want to make sure that we're clear that what we're talking about, I think it's really, really important to be very specific on this, that what we're talking about is we're talking about how are you stewarding the resources that God has provided to you in your church, in your community, in your life, in your family, whatever that is. Um, I think oftentimes 
the word stewardship gets robbed by the one series a year that we do on money and our finances and, you know, financial peace. And Dave Ramsey gets this monopoly on the word stewardship. And there are so many resources that, that the Lord provides us with that we are to be good stewards of. And I think creativity is the expression of us stewarding uh, the resources that God's given us. So I'll start a little bit with, with our story. Um, Island Images was a, a random word that I came up with in college and try, trying to express what I felt like we wanted to do. And we wanted to do, specifically, we wanted to produce content that a non-Christian could watch that still portrayed the message of Christ. Me personally, I felt in probably high school that I felt God tugging me and pulling me towards film, but I had no desire to be involved in it because Christians are horrible at making movies. Christians just make bad movies. Um, consistently. It's been that way for like 30, 40 years. Um, for instance, I love the Sherwood pictures, right? Facing the Giants, Fireproof, War Room. I love those movies. As a Christian man, I watch those movies and I sob. I'm inspired. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better Christian, future father. But it is not the kind of movie that I want to invite a non-Christian that I just met to go watch with me. Um, it can often fall short in some respects. And I mean, no disrespect to what the Sherwood guys do. God's given them a specific niche and a specific calling, and that's awesome. It's not my calling. Uh, I specifically felt God pulling us towards how do we make content, make films, make projects that a non-Christian could watch and not be repulsed by the message that we're leading with. But it was done so well and it was done so tastefully that the message wasn't lost, but the story reigned supreme. <clears throat> and I think that is probably the hardest part of what you're going to encounter in any aspect of media creation. I know not everybody in here is an aspiring filmmaker, right? Most of you, if you're here, it's because you want to see some sort of way where you can develop media content for your church services, for your website. You want to see the things that you guys are doing in your church and for your community be a little bit bigger, a little bit more pizzazz, look a little bit better. And uh, I think the one thing that I want to speak to that right up front is this idea of being intentional um, don't do things because you saw it done somewhere else. Uh, let God lead where he wants you to lead for your specific story. And for, so for us, we started uh, when I was 19 years old. Uh, we pitched an idea to pastor, and I call him dad. Uh, we pitched, he's actually my biological father. It's not that weird. Um, we pitched an idea to him on a vacation one time, and we were just like, hey, what if we took like four real life stories of people in our church, the actual garbage that they went through, put themselves through, God allowed them to go through whatever, and the eventual glory that God had through it. And we just, we just shot it. We just dramatized it. We wrote it out and we just made it these four short stories for this four week series. And as we went along, I like to say that, that God kind of tricked us into film ministry because had I known we were shooting a feature film, I probably wouldn't have done it because I had a like near nervous breakdown. Like I was 19. I was not prepared for the amount of stress and pressure that goes into it, uh, you know, something of that magnitude. And the Lord kind of tricked us because by the time we were done with four short films, we we're like, oh, well, if you write another like five pages, that's a feature, you know, that's an actual film. And from that, God sort of duped me into being able to pursue what I really felt in putting on my heart. And so for us, our first film, one, something we really want to stress through this, this session is we really want to stress the accessibility of media creation tools in our generation. 
Uh, we shot our first feature film that was picked up by Pure Flix, distributed on Netflix nationwide, DVD around the world. We shot that for like $2,000, $3,000. Now, some of you might be like, $2,000, that's a lot. I'm sure there's a range of people in this room, but in the scope of what it takes to filmmake when, you know, Mad Max spends $150 million, you know, and, and their Oscar nominee this year, you can do a lot for a little. And as you go through that process of being willing to do a little bit at a time, I believe that God will ultimately bless that. Yeah, um, I think one of the things people discount is the availability of technology. Um, there's filmmakers today that literally make films with iPhones. Um, you know, you pick up an iPhone 6, the quality of that camera alone, what you can do with that, is really extraordinary. The reason that some things look better than others, and they want to get into this more here in a little bit, it's lighting, it's certain things that you do. And so don't think that right away because you don't have the perfect camera or this and this and that, that you can't do something great. Um, you know, essentially when when pa- our pastor had the vision to do media, that's really what everything starts with, guys. That's what we said in the creative session. If we were doing a session on any, anything and everything, we would say vision. It starts with a vision to do something. He had a vision to see media ministry go forward. That's why it's called Island Images, the land of the eye. People see with their eye. They're captured by the eye. If you, it's called IMAG. It's like, did you see when Pastor Day was speaking this morning and they put the camera on him up front or Ryan Leak in the cameras on the screen, right? It's called IMAG you'll notice most of the time people will watch the screen quicker than they watch the live speaker. At church, I will watch people, literally, they have pastor right in front of them and they'll turn to watch the screen if we iMeg. Why is that? There's been something created in culture that when it shows up on a screen, it's mesmerizing. It's the shiny object that we all just need to touch. It's the lure in the water. Fishers of men again. And so when it comes to uh, being the land of the eye, when it comes to this type of culture, you're either going to flow with it, the gospel stays the same, but the culture is changing. Now, you don't change the gospel to meet the culture. There are certain things that the Bible says that we can't say, well, the culture's saying that it's okay to do this now. No, but you do have to weave within it and share that gospel. You have to take the shiny lure in the water. And so one of the things that we've seen is it starts with a vision and a budget. The budget could be $100. It could be $500 or $5,000, but it's got to start with something. Around the time of producing that first film, we had a $0 a year media budget. It was entirely based on what the necessity was. You know, it wasn't that we spent $0 on media, is that it was not seen um, in many respects because of what had come prior to, to our pastor. It was not necessarily seen as a huge necessity to how the gospel can get out. He pushed and, and pushed the deacon team, right? As they were setting up the budget for that coming year, he pushed them to stretch themselves for a yearly budget of $5,000. And they could not wrap their head around how they were going to make that happen, right? And so maybe you can relate to that. We currently, this year, we have a, a media budget this year for our church of $40,000, Okay. It has not always been that way. The goal is still to not spend all of that money. The goal is, hey, how do we take our vision and how do we put something out there that, hey, we want to reach this goal and we're willing to do this. And so for some of you, if you're, if you're a pastor in the room and you have access to, to uh, those resources, I would ask you to truly attune your ear into 
the culture, and I know that may sound counterintuitive because we're supposed to resist culture, but the reality is my generation, right, our generation coming up, they learn most things that they know through a screen. I know it wasn't that way for your generation, maybe, but most of the things that my generation is coming to know about the world around them, they are learning through a four-inch to nine-inch to 50-inch screen. And if we're people that are constantly resisting that idea, right? I know it sounds idealistic that just the Bible should be enough, and it should, but to someone that the only time they may may ever interact with the gospel message is scrolling through their Facebook feed, I want to make sure that I didn't miss an opportunity to actually show them who Jesus is. And so that's really our heart, is that's what we constantly try to do, is produce films that focus the attention on who Jesus is, and constantly try to stretch ourselves and try to keep doing what we can to, to go bigger. You know, my, my biggest thing is I was graduating college with a communications degree. I didn't learn a lick about filmmaking in college. They just didn't have a program for it. But I learned time and resource management, right? That's the one thing that every college student learns. And so as I was graduating college, I was really begging God. I said, okay, Lord, if you're wanting me to go back to little old Emily City and not to LA or New York or something that sounds more glamorous, if you're wanting me to go back to Emily City, I really need you to give us some way that we can do what we're trying to do on a bigger scale. I just, I'm not asking for an Oscar. I'm just asking that our next project is better than the last and our next project is better than that one. And God provided us with a family in the church that got behind what we were doing and spontaneously, randomly donated like $41,000 to us for the budget of our next film, right? Okay, these people live in a town north of us of probably like 800 people, okay? So don't tell me that no one around, you know, don't tell me that's impossible, okay? We live in a town of 3,600 people. Maybe that's big for you. Well, 800 is probably not big for you wherever you come from. That's either right about where you're at or way small, okay? There are diamonds in the rough all around us that if we are willing to be people of vision and actually get our passion out, God will provide what we need for that and God will make what we're trying to do for his name accessible. Something we talked about in the creative session is, you know, and pastor corrected me, it's actually a $50,000 budget. He corrected oh, my me. My bad. He probably told me 40, so I wouldn't spend it all. <laughs> and we, after we just did our third film, we just had another 40 donated. We say all that to prove the point. Once again, we started with no budget. There was no resources. There was no money. That's all glory to God. Cause to us, we're like, wow, that is a ton of money. To another church doing this, there's maybe a million. You know what I mean? Every church is different. It really starts with you having the faith to step out because when we stepped out and we did Real, which was the name of our first film, we did it as a sermon series. We realized, oh my gosh, this is a movie. It went nationwide. And then that family donated the money. We were like, huh, okay, God, you provide. We were able to buy uh, Scarlet. It's called Scarlet X. Yeah, we were able to shoot the last two films we shot. We were able to shoot on, uh, it's called the Red Camera. It's the, it's the camera Hobbit. platform that the Hobbit, Spider-Man, all those guys are shooting on now. So that's not the camera we started off with. You know, we, we started off with, you, cameras were. Let's we started off with a camera from Walmart. We started out with a little mini DV tape and, camera and, from Walmart. And I'll be honest, you can watch our first film. You can tell. Like you, the quality of it, it's nowhere near if you were to pick up Defiant. It, I mean, you can tell. You got to start somewhere. Uh, honestly, like what you have already accessible on an iPhone camera is probably better than what you can even get at Walmart, to be honest. It's all about 
how you light things, good daylight. It's just going about things. I mean, you can YouTube this stuff and learn it. It's really about today as we get into all of this. It's about you learning. It's possible. Just go for it. Just, just give it a shot. And one of the things we talked about in the creative session too is sometimes you give something a shot and it just doesn't go well. You know, sometimes you go after things and it doesn't go like you thought. We, we shared some weird examples of stuff we've done, like creative ministry-wise, um, that just didn't turn out very well. That's what being creative is all about. It's, it's testing the waters. It's, it's trying to go and do the next thing that, that God's given you to do. And, and I think part of what Steve said is so true, like, sure what is great at what they do. They're great at what they do. We can't be Sherwood. You can't be Sherwood. You've got to be you. You've got to do you. You have to do what God's called you to do where God's called you to do it. Because bottom line is if, if God had called him to go to L.A., he'd be in L.A. God called us all to come to Emily City, Michigan, where nobody knows. When we've got to explain where we live, we have to explain Detroit, Flint, Port Huron, anything nearby where we live. You know, the place with the bad water? We're like <laughs> half right. hour east of that. Like, we've been asking some people, where do you live? And they tell us the city. We don't have a clue. Like, what, what's around it? Like, we get that. Like, we, we get what that means and what it's like. And so we want to encourage you today that we know where you're at, and, and we've been there. And you know what? We're still there. I never want to forget that I'm from Emily City, Michigan. I don't care how big the church gets. I don't care how big the budget gets. I don't care about the next thing that we do. I will always be an Emily City boy. Isn't that what God calls us to be? He always calls us, even when he calls us to be the king, doesn't he always want us to remember that we started as the shepherd boy, King David? The minute he forgot that he was the shepherd boy, is the minute he said, go, see that girl over there bathing? Bring her to me. The minute you start thinking you're the king and forget that you're the shepherd, you'll fall every time. And so I always want to remember I'm from Emily City. Yeah. Wherever you're from, I, that's important, I think. And I think being very intentional with the way and the reason with which we produce media is so important. Um, what I don't like a lo- about a lot of Christian films is that they lead with their message and they try to weave some story around it, right? Because ultimately the message is the most important, right? The gospel of Jesus is the most important thing anyone will ever hear in their lives. But if we don't recognize that Jesus was an insane storyteller, we miss the point of the gospel. And our, our intention behind media creation, our intention behind film is to take an awesome story rooted in who Jesus is and to weave the message into the story. And I think it's going to look completely different for every church represented here, why you produce media. Some of it's going to be exclusively to, to support sermon illustrations by your pastor. Some of it's going to be more to, to promote what your church is doing to the community. Some of it, you're going to want to do sort of these extracurricular things like produce films or whatever it is. There's going to be a wide array, but the ultimate end result is that it is an incredibly important tool um, to this culture today, um, to, w- to what the kids, the children, the, the young adults that you're seeing raised up, it is so valuable to be able to reach them in a, in a um, platform that they already themselves understand. And I think something else that's worth noting, we keep saying real was our first film. That wasn't the first time we did anything that had to do with film work. It was our first feature. Um, there was the truth about angels and demons and, um, funny little videos. For, there was a good 10 years of garbage before that and piece of we, I found a picture the other art. day. Y'all, anybody use that time hop? 
app where it shows you stuff that you posted from the past. I had this picture of all these dolls, like like dollhouse dolls pop up. And I sent it to Pastor and our associate pastor because we shot a whole series literally in a dollhouse. And they had like little voices in a dollhouse and we shot the whole series. It was one of the weirdest things we've ever done. It was super goofy, was like hilarious. really cheesy. It was funny. Um, but but I think what, what's important is is having that perseverance and that, that due diligence to what God has given you in this moment, not in the in the ten years from now moment. Like focus on what he has given you right now because if you can be faithful to what you have now, we've seen this literally from a even a financial standpoint in our budget. We were faithful to nothing, and God has given us so much through that. And, you know, c- coming into this year, uh, like Pastor said, we're looking at almost $100,000 in our film ministry. Like, that is astronomical, and it doesn't happen all the time. And I believe that the only reason that is happening, because we, we were faithful to the dollhouse, and, and the, the, uh, extra, the extra little bonus is now— all of these things that were supposed to be really serious that we shot, you know, eight, nine years ago, they were supposed to be super impacting. Now they're just fun home videos. And, and we watch them and we're like, man, we thought this was the coolest thing ever. You just have ever. to fully <laughs> accept that your first stuff is going to be it, awful. And it's just going to be terrible. Even if it's great, you're going to watch it later and go, wow, and that's okay. terrible. And that's, be rejoiceful in that yeah. because you know that you've gotten so much better. Like, watch, watch the original Star Wars films and tell me it's not a comedy. Like, my dad hey, talks hey, about... come on now, come on. My, my dad talks about when he walked out of that theater, it was just like, what just happened? Like, that was the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. But now he watches them. Like, he went to go show us the, those movies when we were little kids, and he was kind of embarrassed. Like, these are stupid, <laughs> you know? We almost bought him the original Batman and Robin, like... <laughs> TV series set for Christmas. Like, we were going to, like, all go in together and get, in, get him this series. not going to be cheap on and Blu-ray. We've kind of, so, like, yeah, you remember that show? Like, tried to, like, talk it up to see if, to get his opinion on it. He's like, oh, no, that was so corny. I was like, I thought you loved that. He's like, well, yeah, as a kid, like, when I was sitting in the hospital and that's all I could watch. But now I look at him, they're so cheesy. I was like, all right, we'll save the cash. Oh, hashtag faithful to the dollhouse. I like that. Faithful to the dollhouse. We want to take, is there any questions? Because we, we want to kind of get a little more practical now. We want to transition a little bit. Is there any questions as we're getting in that we could address? Yeah. Um, address the question too, yeah. as you get. So, you're, so you're asking does a smaller budget limit what you're capable of right right um, that, that's my, my favorite question that's my favorite gear, thing about ministry gear, things possessions um, they're tools I, I, you've all seen them, right? You've all watched movies with $100 million budgets and you went, that was terrible, right? And maybe you've seen these indie movies where they spent five to 10 grand on them and you're like, that was one of the most brilliant stories I've ever seen. Um, if you recognize that what you're working with are simply tools, just like, a, just like a, a guy working construction doesn't use his hammer for everything, right? He pulls a, a screw gun out and, you know, for... The, the screws, 
you can understand that everything that you're doing, and I, I gotta, I'm going to keep coming back to this idea that it is accessible. Um, yes, is there stuff now that we can shoot easier because of the tools that we have? Absolutely. There's a, there's a picture when we were shooting real. There's, yeah. a, there's a picture, and I didn't know we were going to have screens for our session. Or we would have had a ton of pictures to show you, but visualize it with me. We're trying to get this dolly shot. Where you're so, so what a dolly is, is it's basically back. like rails of some sort or wheels that the camera sits on so you can get smooth movement side to side so or in come, and out. You, if you've seen the shots in the movies where they come into them or away from them or side to side, we were trying to come follow the person and dolly through that we were in this factory, essentially. It takes place in the 1970s in this factory, this shot. And we don't have a dolly. We don't have the money for a dolly. So what do you think we did? We took a pallet on top of a Ford Taurus mounted the camera. The, the station wagon edition. The station, the station wagon. wagon. We mounted a camera. Toe strapped it on top. Put on the top thing in it. neutral. Put him on the camera. And then we had the, the boom the, operator, the, the, which is the, the mic microphone. guy. You have a, the boom that comes out with the microphone on it. Hanging out of the back hatch. The back window. Miking as the scene comes. And I'm, I happen to be in this scene. And as we're walking forward as the car is pulling. No, we didn't get the shot. Had to push the car back in place. We did that multiple it was times. Awful. Of, we're in the middle of the night. It's probably 1 a.m., 2 a.m. at this point. Dollying. You know, it, so those are some of the most fond memories. I used to put wrenches because we were in a factory in my oh. back pocket. And whenever Stupid. they would yell cut, I'd go up to the boom op and I'd clang the wrenches together. Have you ever had you have headphones in? But you turn them up all the way to get the audio right. Cring! Like, like, those are some of my there most was, fond there, memories. Yeah, there were so many moments in that film in particular where, like, yeah, like now I have a dolly. Like, you we know, we, we have a system that you put the or, camera on and it slides. We, we just got an even better one. Or we have a boom pole. Like, uh, in, in real, our boom pole was literally this. We just took the base off and was just, just, just holding the, the sanctuary. <laughs> stole it from the sanctuary, went and used it. And usually <laughs> put it back. back Sometimes Sunday, forgot to put know? it back. You know, like, I remember in that exact same scene, we were trying to get a, a, a jib shot or a crane shot, they might call it, where it's coming from up high and sort of craning down. Well, now we have the privilege, we actually have a a crane, not like the million-dollar cranes they use, but we have a few-thousand-dollar crane, right? Well, we didn't have that at that point, but there happened to be a forklift in that shop. So another pallet, brought it all the way up to the top, shut the thing off, and then just sort of, as they were coming around for that shot, released the hydraulics on the forklift and just slowly lowered down. It was completely uncontrollable. Um, You only got it right once every, like, five takes, but we got it right once, and that's all you need for a film, right? And I think for us, it was, I remember constant stuff where, like, our monitoring system was just a TV that I snagged, and so, and I ran the cables to it from the camera. Um, we did a lot of, like, dolly work where it was a car in neutral. I remember another time where it was a truck in neutral, and they just walked towards the truck, and you, got a, you get a crew of people, push. and they, they push. They push. And do tools make what you're trying to accomplish easier? Yes. Do tools usually make what you're trying to accomplish possible? No. I feel like most times what you're trying to get at is possible. It is accessible. Without the tool you have in mind, it would just be easier to do with said tool. So I think with the budget, is there certain things that we weren't, you know, is there stuff that I had ideas for um, that we weren't able to pull off? In all honesty, no. Um, Because I try to be really, really conscious when we're writing when we're doing the pre-production and the planning of a, of a film or a script, what do we have access to? You know, I, I'm not going to write a, an entire two-hour film, 
set in the 1930s with, you know, all these Studebakers and old school cars and an old town. I'm not going to write that because I don't have access to that. Uh, and I may never have access to that unless God takes us somewhere with a much bigger budget. Um, and so really just being realistic about, like, what do you have? And, and part of that is you have, to, you have to know. You have to put feelers out. You have to get to know, especially if you're over, I'm not even going to give an age bracket. If you're not our age and you're trying to do this stuff, find the people in your church that are our age. Look for the kid with glasses is what I say. Like, the kid with glasses is going to be the one that wants to learn how the computer works, how the, how the camera works. Look for the nerd. Just look for the kid that in worship is constantly doing this, like me. Find those people. Get feelers out. And, and the more you know the body that God has supplied you to and to you, the more you can understand what you have. And once you know what you have, you can more easily assess what you're capable of. And that's part of it. I want to take some more questions, but to speak to that really quickly, um, this is a team effort. He wrote these things. He directed these things. But he couldn't have done it without the whole team. I mean, we want to talk about what it takes to make a film here in a second, but you have the actors. You have all the makeup and costuming. You have all of your crew. You, I mean, you have so many different elements. And everything we do is completely in-house with the people of our church. We train them. We work with them. They're not qualified by any means. Other than pastoral staff, it's 100% volunteer. It's, but they're willing, and they are anxious. And people, you'll notice a ministry like this, people get excited. And they're willing to step into the unknown because it's exciting. It's new. It's never been done in your area. It's fresh. People want to taste the next new thing, especially when it's just unique like this. We, and and I, one thing I was going to say, sorry, um, is when it comes to locations and people getting involved, all the locations we shoot at and stuff were people in our church offering locations, offering, like, you'll, if you watch our newest movie, Defiant, there's a bunch of, like, Escalades and, like, nice cars. We don't own those cars. You know, we found people, though, that had the connections all through our church. GM you'll notice, workers. What's that? GM workers. Yep. You'll notice, like, it's a, it's a team effort. And when you start putting people in place, whether it's the young kid that you need to learn some things, if you have a vision to go forward with it, and you can get the pastor and the church and start, people start getting around it, you'll see, I, I can guarantee it, all the pieces will start coming together because there's so many resources and things in your church, I can almost promise you, you don't even know they're there. I know that because that's where we were. We didn't even know some of the talents and some of the things in our church. We talked about in our creative session, some of the stage designs we do. We have, we have people that we found out they were artists that do stuff out of styrofoam. We have people that could weld and build giant steal cool things to build on and all kinds of like you'll notice there's people with all these talents you don't even know exist until you start putting on a vision and it's all these people just start coming out of the woodwork they start saying oh i can do this and you'll start being able to utilize people and it's really cool yeah i was just going to say with with that vision if you approach it with passion and uh, seeking excellence not perfection but excellence people are going to want to be a part of it you honestly what, what I witnessed my older brother go through was get through the first project. And then everyone is going to be begging to be a part of every project after that. Um, it, it, as much as it stinks that it is the honest truth, you have to prove yourself. Um, and, and so you just you push through the first one. And that's why maybe not start out in, in a feature film. Start out with smaller stuff. Like we were doing just stuff for Dad's series, like all, all through high school that like, 
all through high school, we were making little action movies in our backyard because, you know, we, we wanted to blow each other's head off with toy guns. And so we were learning visual so effects. So logical, like literally a gun goes off and the head just explodes. It explodes, like, yeah. <laughs> But that's but, how you learn. But, cool. So, yeah, just, just push through it, even though the first one might not be everything you ever hoped. You're going to get so much backing through it and after it, and, and that's something that never goes away. Is there any, any more questions? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, first question. And I do want to try to give you guys some resources, however I, best I can. Um, I hear great things about the Final Cut Pro Suite. I don't personally use it. I cut uh, real, our first film I cut on Final Cut, like the original stuff. We personally have transitioned over to Adobe Creative Cloud. Um, I use Premiere, After Effects as their motion graphics and visual effects tools, and it's an entire suite of uh, tools designed for professionals. It's not impossible to learn. YouTube has all of the knowledge you could possibly ever want or have, and there's also a company that I just uh, got hooked up with called TechSoup. This is a good one to write down. TechSoup.org is a company specifically geared towards nonprofits, uh, getting them uh, more accessible, cheaper options for software. So, for instance, if you uh, are a licensed nonprofit 501c3, like your church probably is, uh, you can register with them, and like Creative Cloud is normally $600 a year. You can get your first year with them through TechSoup for $240, and every year after that for $360. Yes, it's $360 a year. It's still money, but versus the $600 that you'd be spending if you didn't realize that you had the benefits of being a church. Um, and the other thing I would write down is it's called Hit Film Express. Three Hit Film Express 3 is a completely free editing and visual effects motion graphics package. So when I say visual effects, that means um, adding anything on the screen that wasn't there when you shot it. And motion graphics is taking your logo or design and moving it around and making it do cool stuff. Um, that's an entirely free program. Um, if you're really into wanting to learn like 3D animation, there's a program called Blender that's completely free. Um, all of these tools, you can spend 10 grand on just getting the software, right? But if you, you know, I bought Maya, right? It was a three, 3D animation software package. It's like $8,000. I got the student version for like a few hundred bucks. But imagine I pay $8,000 for Maya. I don't use Maya. It was way too difficult. I, I couldn't wrap my head around it, right? Find these avenues where you can, you can jump into some free stuff. If you, if you take somebody that's passionate about this, they actually want to do this, they want to learn, they have the resources like YouTube and stuff like that, and you give them free materials, I don't, tell them you paid for it. Tell them you believe in them so much that you invested in it. I don't care. I mean, it's lying, so don't do that. The but. thing with Adobe and stuff, too, is when we're designing and jumping into Photoshop and Illustrator, that clicks right into Premiere into After Effects, they all link together, the files link together. So that's what's nice too, is the editing makes it super simple jumping between programs. And to be able to share even between users, it's, yeah. it's very useful. But again, if you're on that end of the spectrum where you need to go absolutely free to start off, to prove yourself before your church is ever gonna invest or you feel like you wanna invest in something like Premiere, something like HitFilm is an awesome resource. Um, the best camera that you have is the one in your pocket, right? Your iPhone, if you have a 6S, you can shoot 4K, right? 
that's essentially the same resolution of 35 millimeter film on those cameras that used to that cost a million dollars, right? Not the same quality exactly, but you have access in your pocket to like legitimate technology that 15 years ago you'd be paying through the nose for, and now it's what you use to keep your calendar on, right? We are a blessed generation. We have access to a lot. Um, you have a enormously um, efficient, um, bright, perfect, free light at your disposal at all times outside, right? Sun is free. Um, we use white sheets that we got on Amazon for like five bucks for diffusion to soften the light. I've seen shower curtains being used for diffusion. We've built sliders and I built a dolly one time out of a wheelchair that I got at Goodwill and I just strapped the tripod head under the, under the wheelchair and pushed the wheelchair or sit somebody in the wheelchair and push them if you're trying to get a dolly shot. Like, it is possible if you care enough and you're passionate enough to actually invest a little bit of time to thinking through, hey, first start with this. We can do this. If you start with that mentality that we are capable of this, you will reveal, God will reveal ideas on, yeah, you, it may be a little jank the way you have to pull it off, right? It may be a little sketch. It's all right. As long as you get the end result, nobody's going to know that we were, you know, jibbing down on a forklift. Nobody will ever know that, but they'll know that we got that shot, and it adds production value. To the genre question, our first film was a sappy drama. Our second film was a family comedy. Our third film was an action thriller. Uh, our fourth film that we were looking at doing uh, this spring that just fell through was a documentary in Israel. So to the question of uh, what genre do we do, yes. Um, I'm 25, right? I don't feel like I have to know exactly who I am in this area of my life right now. Um, as God gives us a story, we do it. As God gives us an opportunity, we take it. Uh, as God gives us an open door, we walk through it. And so for us, the first time, it was a very dramatic, it kind of had to. You don't want to um, put fluff into somebody's real life pain. So it was a drama. And then we wanted to do something where we just uplifted and encouraged our church. And it ends up, the comedy is wildly popular among our kids in our church. Um, they literally make their parents watch it with them every single week, some of them every single day. I pity those people. Um, this last film and the subject matter, it just had to be a little bit more action thriller. Um, I will say what I realized is there's, there's a particular sequence in Defiant, our latest film. It's a heist sequence where they're, actually, they're going to, to steal something back. And I, as I was going through shooting that sequence, as we were going through editing that sequence, I noticed I wanted to be working on this all the time. I noticed how pumped I was about this particular part of the project. And then I started realizing, I felt like the Lord was like, well, Stephen, you understand why that is, right? Your favorite genre is heist. You love heist movies. I never realized that. I knew of my list of favorite movies, but I didn't realize that they were necessarily all kind of heist movies. So now I want to make a heist movie. You know what I mean? And if that opportunity arises and we take it and it works, then maybe we'll do another one. But right now we're just kind of going with, you know, tomorrow is a, we're premiering like a short documentary to, for our church for the series that we're starting tomorrow. Uh, where we shot uh, pastor on FaceTime with his grand or his parents, my grandparents, talking through his bloodline. Like, who are, you know? Where did your parents come from? Where did your grandparents like tracing our genealogy all the way back to like John Quincy Adams? Supposedly, I'm a descendant of. It's a little bit more um, lighthearted, you know. It's a little bit more just kind of fun. Well, for Easter, we're doing a video where we're going to take pastor out into a public place 
and we're going to give him a, like an a IV stand and a blood bag on it and a cooler next to him, and he's going to have a sign that says, free blood transfusions, I'm clean. And we're just going to see how people respond. And it might totally fail. It might be so weird that nobody wants to be a part of it. But the whole point is that nobody's going to want his blood because they have no idea where it came from. But if you knew the source of the blood and that the blood maybe could heal all of your ailments, the obvious metaphor being Jesus, then maybe you'd want that transfusion. And that's going to be a lot, you know, that's going to start off quirky and it's going to end a lot more sentimental. I would say don't pigeonhole yourself. I would say do whatever is, first and foremost, I'll speak to this, do whatever your pastor needs. Start with that. Um, start with the vision from the top down, right? If your pastor, he is carrying the weight and the burden of everything happening in your church, right? The kids' ministry to the media, whether it's a ministry or not, to the ushers, right? He's carrying it all. Your job, I don't care if you're the media guy here or if you're, you work in the preschool, your job is to facilitate the God-given vision that he has, right? If you're not on board with his vision, you maybe shouldn't be there, um, God has placed him in a position of authority for a very specific purpose. And so for us, it's kind of, you got to be adaptable, you know. If he's feeling quirky one week and we want to shoot something quirky, cool. If he's feeling like really like dramatic, you got to try it. And it, it all just, it's experimentation and just trying different things and figuring out what works. Was there another question? I, I saw a hand pop up somewhere. For capture? For, for editing, you mean? Yeah. Yep. Right. A lot. I, it totally depends what you're shooting. If you're shooting on your iPhone, your laptop is perfectly fine. Um, I have, again, I'm blessed, but this blessing happened in the last year. I have the newest update of the Mac Pro, right? The black trash can looking one. It's a screaming fast machine overkill for most projects. I have it because when you're shooting red, you know, the, the expensive camera package that we have, the raw data files would just literally just make your computer burst into flame and it wouldn't even try. But to be, that being said, I edited our second film, which was shot raw on a MacBook Pro. I've shot, or I've written now two films on an iPad um, and an iPhone. We shot list on our iPhones. Uh, we, we edit on... Most of our stuff on very basic we slate stuff. on our iPads, We too. slate, you know, the, the clap sticks you see on, on film sets. You know, take one. We use an iPad, a $20 iPad app that you click it, and it goes, you know, through the speaker. These things are very, very accessible. I would say, you know, I always heard a, a pastor say, the best version of the Bible to read is the one you'll read. And I would say the best gear that you can get is the stuff you have. So if you have a, a basic PC laptop, I'm sure it would honestly be fine, unless it's super old, editing your iPhone footage. And if you feel like you have a knack for it, and you're feeling like it's actually now a, an asset and adding value to your church and your ministry, they'll see that. And they'll be willing to invest in getting you something better. You know, we started on very, very basic, very, very poor quality stuff. And, you know, our first mixing system for, like, video was hand-me-down, like, way low quality, standard definition. It was horrible. But it's what we got, and we got it for free. And so we beat the tar out of that. We used it till we couldn't use it anymore. And when that finally gave out, the need was there so we couldn't reinvest. So um, your laptop is fine. If you're going hardcore, yeah, you probably get a desktop of some sort. 
Uh, I'm a Mac guy. I don't want to start that debate, but, you know, I'm a Mac guy because I just like how they're all-in-one solutions. Yeah, I'll start preaching, but I don't want to tick everybody off. Pastor will pull out his iPhone and just go on that rant and half the people from the church get up and leave. Not really, but any more questions? Yeah. For me, um, I'm a gearhead, right? I love gear. I research all the newest stuff coming out. I'm always in the know on the newest cameras and the newest audio gear, uh, which is a huge crutch when you realize that no one cares what you shot it on if it's a poor story. I think for me, one of the biggest things that I've learned is probably twofold. Um, The project is done when the project is done. Um, I worked... 15 hours a day, six days a week, Sunday being my day off to do church ministry for 15 hours for roughly four months straight to finish this last project. Um, media creation is not, it's not a business, for lack of a better word. It's not a, a, a ministry to be in for those who don't want to dedicate legitimate time to it. So I think for me, striving to always make it the absolute best you can be and you stop when it's done and you stop for the absolute priority things. I have a wife now. That's new. That's like the last year. So that's a new priority that I didn't have a year ago, right? When I was a single guy and I could work 20 hours a day and it didn't really matter. Um, Stopping for your priorities and taking every second that you can and devoting it to the vision that God has given you. And the second for me would be to, was been really, really learning that gear is just tools. Um, if you're not a good filmmaker with your iPhone, you're not going to be a good fam- filmmaker with a Panasonic, you know, an Ari Alexa. You're, you, if, you're, if you can't do it on the DSLR that your mom gave you for Christmas, you can't do it with the best of the best in the best scenarios. Um, and that goes for media and film alike. Like, um, for me, I think that's one of the biggest things I've really had to learn is just that gear isn't everything because you always think, well, if I can get this and if we had money for this and, you know, if we had a little bit better gear, then we'd have better stuff. And yeah, it might look better, but it really isn't going to affect the overall product that much. I think, um, I don't know if this would be necessarily, it could be, I guess, however you word it, something you learn, but definitely I feel something we've grown in is the, the acting in our movies. If you look at the first one to the third one, you notice a tremendous growth in the acting. And it's interesting because it's new actors. So these are still people in our third one. They've never acted before. I think it comes back down to God will give you the right people. He just like literally, we were like, hey, pastor was like, hey, I want to do a series on the end times this fall. He was like, okay. So he, he wrote this script. We pitched it to the church. You, do, you hold tryouts and people just start coming out of the woodwork. Now, all three films, we've had the same guy. If you watch any one of our films, you'll see there's a guy with gray hair. He's got just slick gray hair. He's actually only like in his 40s, but he's been a silver fox ever since he was, you know, really young. He's been in every one of our movies. He's been our only actor that's been consistent. The rest are new every time. What's interesting, this guy was just a firefighter, never acted in his life, just decided, hey, that sounds like kind of fun. I'll try it. Well, Come we to were, find out, he does amazing. We were shooting something else, and basically the actor we had planned, the volunteer that was going to help us that day, bailed last minute, fell through. We were at a firehouse through this connection with this guy, Marty, and the guy that was supposed to show up didn't. So we were kind of like, hey, Marty, want to act? He's like, sure. 
yeah, why not? New experience, right? He jumps in, and that was a random series thing, and now he's been in three straight films for us, and he's honestly a phenomenal actor. And, and every other the other ones, like if you saw the in the trailer, the picture with the chick on the four-wheeler, she's just going in slow motion, or just different ones, they've never acted before. They're like, some of them are even new to our church, you know, been there maybe a year or two. They're just getting connected, and they're like, yeah, I guess I'll try it. We got a guy that played a main role in the newest one, Defiant. He's in his 50s, named Dan. Never done it. You know why he did it? Something new. Never tried it. I'm up for something new. I'm in my 50s. I'll just try something new. And, like, that's his mindset and for God's glory. And it's, it's amazing when you're on these sets. Because we had certain scenes. Uh, there was a scene where we are trying to get this huge bush to catch fire. And, like, you'll see it's, it goes up in big flames. That two, three days to get to do that shoot? I'm trying to remember. Everything kept going wrong. And it's interesting because when you're like-minded with Christ on that set, you just stop and, like, you pray together. And there's, like, there's, the actors are just there and they're praying. And the, the, all the guys off, you know, behind the cameras, they're praying. And there's such a unity in doing projects like this. It's not like, you know, I'm a youth pastor. So it's not like even doing a typical youth event or doing a typical outreach event. It's very tedious. It's stressful at times. And it, it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of preparation spiritually too. Well, it's just something really fast. Something I've kind of learned from watching you um, by, through the progression of each film I've seen you do less by doing more. Um, the The first film, he acted, directed, wrote it, and ran camera. I guess lesson to everyone, you can't do everything. Um, because we, we were saying it's been different actors, but the acting has gotten better. And I think that's a, a, a huge attribution to the second movie, he acted and directed. And then the third movie, he directed. Um, and, and he got to really focus on the actors and, and guiding them. And through that also, I talked about it a lot in the creative uh, session, he built a community by training other people to fill the, the places that he was leaving. And so he started building a team that we could all work together and, and get really specialized with, with actually directing. So, And again, so much of like, I wanted to speak to this when he talked about Dan being this 50-some-year-old guy who just did it because he had never done anything before. Well, he was presented with that opportunity because I approached him and I said, hey, Dan, I feel like you could do this. Would you be willing to give it a shot and do an audition with me? And it's going to take you being the one that's passionate about your project, being, being willing to seek out the body of Christ that God has given you and actually go to them and maybe ask them to be a part or ask them, hey, could we pull this off? Like that fire shot that he's talking about. We tried it three different times because we couldn't get it to work. Our first idea was we were going to soak the tree in kerosene and we were going to shoot a flaming arrow at it. By the time the arrow got to it, it was, the fire was out. Uh, our next idea was uh, we were going to do a flamethrower. This guy had a flamethrower, so we were going to like mount it somewhere off camera and hit, it, hit the tree. It didn't work. So we ended up burying this flamethrower underground, running a trench up to the tree, and then soaking the tree in kerosene. You get one shot at that, right? Once the pine needles are gone, the pine needles are gone. But I went to Marty knowing he's a firefighter and said, hey, I have this idea. The Bible says that the, um, the false prophet will be given the power to call down fire from the sky. Do you think we could pull that off? And we started brainstorming. And I, I'm not a fire guy, right? I, I don't know how to do that. But I knew that he was a firefighter and that he would have expertise in that area. And so I think, again, it just goes back to taking the tools and the resources that God's given you, whether that's your cell phone or your deacon, and seeking out those things and those people to add value to what God, the vision that God's put on your heart. 
Yeah, and we'll kind of wrap up with this. You know, there's a lot to the film and media process. There's the writing, there's finding the locations, there's training the actors. Um, one, I think, key ingredient, uh, I, I think it's been said, uh, film without music is just surveillance footage. If you've, if you've, without good audio, is just surveillance footage. If you've ever watched, like, basically we were working on the trailer that you saw this morning, and when you watched it without music, I was like, dude, give me something. Like, put something underneath it, because you watch it, and you're just like, this is so boring. The minute you put the music to it, the whole thing comes to life. And we've been fortunate, too. Like, Luke writes almost all of our music uh, that we do. We, write, we do all original music for our films, and he wrote all the music for Defiant. And so, like, it's really cool to have that resource. But what if you don't have that resource? Where could they go? Because yeah. you need music for your stuff. It changes the dynamic. Uh, a, quick, a quick resource. There's a new website that and actually sound effects. just premiered last week, I think. It's called art-list.io. Art-list.io. Um, and maybe this will still sound expensive, but it is honestly the cheapest thing I have seen on the market that's a paid tool for royalty-free stock music. And basically, it's a one-year subscription for $200 for the year. You get access to unlimited high-quality music. Many other places, like the Music Bed, you're going to be paying anywhere from $80 to $300 per track. Um, there's all sorts of, you just Google free or royalty-free stock music, there's all sorts of sites out there where you can get free music uh, legally, where you can get free sound effects. Uh, we use a website called soundsnap.com, where we have a we have a subscription there to get sound effects. So there's always resources to do what you're trying to do. Uh, it's going to take some Googling and some YouTubing and some asking around. But I think, I hope what you walk away from is that the very least what you're trying to do is possible. Uh, and what you're trying to do if you're doing it for the sake of Christ is worth doing. The last thought I'd leave you with and I'd like to pray is I, you know, this is coming from somebody who I'm called to youth. And I love doing youth outreach. and I love all the possibilities I have with that. But I would like to say that I think film and media ministry is probably the greatest outreach that you can do in your church. I'm speaking that from personal experience. I've been a part of big outreaches. We do a huge community festival. We bring in thousands of people. I've done huge youth stuff up to 700. You know, young people coming in in a town of 3,400 people. You know, I've seen that as we do film, it does two things. One, our church in two months grew 250 people this last year heading into 2016 during Defiant. We did it as an eight-week series. We have kept that growth, almost every person. We have seen it grow numerically. We've seen it grow spiritually. The, the awareness, you know, as we stop by our table, we'd love to give you one of these just for joining our session. This slash represents so much that we are Defiant. It's the slash, and you can learn a lot as you watch the movie about it. But people begin to get this and live this out and they'd wear this and people would ask them some people even put the mark on their, their, on their actual hand and people would ask them what does that mean I am defiant and they get to share their testimony about what God's done and how they stand with Jesus Christ alone and I've seen that it does two things one the outreach possibilities are unlimited like we started this thing years and years and years ago called 3D Sunday maybe that's just the first way you could start to pitch it to your pastor hey once a month could we just do something really like media driven like really outreach driven just something a little bit crazier than usual start one week a month and now that's just that's how we do church but we started 3d sunday once a month the second thing i'd say is this it empowers your church it gets people so excited 
Like our church body gets so excited when a movie's coming. Why? Because they invite people. Why? Because they're in the movie. Hey, you got to come see this. I'm in this. People get excited when they're on the screen. It's just human nature. You get excited when you see your face on the screen. So they're excited to invite people. They're inviting aunts and uncles. They're inviting everybody because why? They're on the screen. The outreach comes from it, but also the people become so excited and empowered. This is my church. If you can create a culture in your church where people are proud of their church, you're doing a good job. Whether it's media, whether it's anything, doesn't matter what it is. If people can say, this is my church, you're doing something right. And it comes through God empowering us to do that. So I'd like to just end. I want to be able to let you guys go. If I could pray over you, just really thank you guys so much for coming to this session. If you have any more questions, please come find us. We're just going to hang out here for a little bit. We'd love to talk. So Jesus, we thank you so much that as you were here today, Lord, you're just speaking to so many different people in so many just really cool ways. Lord, I pray that you would just give them fresh ideas and uh, God, a fresh perspective of heaven that Lord, as they try to use cameras and they try to take music and all these different things and put them together to somehow show you Jesus in the best light possible. I pray that you would just uh, show them that they're capable, Lord, that they, they uh, as they get a vision, Lord, all things are possible with you. And where there is no budget, God, by faith, we step out and you will make a way. Where we feel like there's not the people available ready right there at hand, Lord, you will make a way. And I just pray that they would just reach down deep. And Lord, I pray that out of Ohio, God, the people that came to this conference at Synergy, I pray that we see some of the next best things touch the globe through the people that have entered this conference, God. Equip them, anoint them, and empower them to do so. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much.